Hello, Michael Worth here, and welcome to the All Walks of Art podcast, a podcast for artists and creatives of all types. Grab a comfy chair, your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. On today's episode, we discuss the idea that art may have one foot in the grave and knocking on death's door. I share a story of an artist who is fast, one who could paint with both hands, one who was known to procrastinate, and was also a sculptor who created a couple of well-known lions based in London. I pick Paul's brain for nuggets of wisdom. I might fall short, but I hope he's there anyway. He can, he showed up today, so I'm pretty happy about that. And much, much more. Without further delay, let me welcome to the show my good buddy and the guy I made fun of already, and he hasn't even had a chance to speak, Paul Ramey. What is up? It is up. That is what it is. So, where uh, where have you been? Uh, went to Florida. Went to uh, Daytona. Went to historic uh, St. Augustine, and that was really cool. Uh, I'm going to go back when I get a chance to explore it further, but uh, it had the uh, oldest wooden schoolhouse that's still in existence. That was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Uh, had a lot of cool little shops, a lot of artisans uh, making um, like specialty food and, and uh, like uh, crafty kind of things. and Like knickknacks. tacos? Yeah, stuff tacos like this, and stuff. Different things. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm messing with you. I know, but I'm just I'm just plowing on right on through. Like strudels, and they had dessert. It was it was really cool. Like the town was like uh, if anyone's uh, familiar with Columbus and the German Village. Yeah, it's kind of like the German Village, except for it was like the Renaissance Festival was in the middle of the German Village, but there was no knights. It was very cool. That is cool. Got to see some some nice things. So. Well, I'm going to pour us a couple Guinness. All right. We've they, had this before, haven't they we? Go, yeah, they go good with tacos and strudels. I'll have a little Guinness. Yeah, just a little one. Everybody listening at home. There's three bottles here, though. So, I mean, I, well, I, it's weird because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm anticipating I'll have another one. <laughs> you know. and, and half of another one, too. So. <laughs> yeah, most likely. <laughs> they don't fit the glass. That's why. Yeah, that, that would be way too much for me. I get I get real glassware. So that's, that's a lot. It's okay. You don't have to drink it all. I promise. I'm going to. I don't. I don't hate Guinness. Well, it's got a I, frothy head. It does. I, uh, I. Oh God, that sounds so good. I uh, had some other beer. It looks there. good though. I like how it looks too. I do too. The like, other the other beer. I could I just had. order this and just stand there at the bar <laughs> and just feel like I'm cool. <laughs> you are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man. You are. So, where should I put these bottles? We're trying new gear today, too, for everybody listening. I uh, picked up a new recorder. Not really sure how I'm going to do with it. I do hear plosives more. I didn't hear before when I was recording. You I hear what? Plosives. I don't know what that is. That's when you blow too much air into the microphone when you're saying P's and B's. Like You need a pop filter. Yeah, like when you say <laughs> p- pizza or I better not say Pe- it. Pe- pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pepperoni. Well, okay. Pepperoni. But yeah, it's a, it's a new recorder. Is anyone still there? Is anyone still listening? Or no, are they all, they all checked th- out? Nobody in our Discord server is listening. <laughs> it's almost a dead channel. I'm thinking about deleting it. So, I don't know. Cheers. Is that oh, tied to you too, sir? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just did a, a faux pas that we don't normally do. What? We both drank at the same time, and we had dead airspace. Normally, one of us is talking when the other one is drinking. Yeah, people like to have a little bit of dead airspace. That way, they can think. Yeah. I'd say most everybody listening knows by now we aren't really that professional at this yet. Our new podcast is going to be called Dead Air. I think that's a... <laughs> dead Air, Drinking with Friends. I still like drinking with friends. Anyway, I um, did you notice I didn't say what episode this is? Like I normally yeah, do. Every I other episode, I never said that. I did. And you didn't call me the uh, Ayatollah Rock and Roller or I something. didn't. I didn't. Didn't come I, up with a good... Well, the idea is, I'm I'm thinking maybe in case we ever start batching these episodes like we should be doing, you know, recording like a whole entire season in two weeks. That way we can just sit back and enjoy it. And, you know, you just, you're, you're giving me a goofy look. No, like, I'm right, I see how you are. Um. You still got to, even if you do that, you still have to 
throw the occasional one in in case, in case something topical happens. Yeah. Or we could just insert that in. You know, <laughs> right. we got the old episode and we're talking about something. <laughs> and it's like, hey, you know what? I saw on the news today. And then you insert news <laughs> item. And then, man, that was really something. Yeah. How did they do that? That was just yesterday. When does he record this stuff? No, I uh, I just, I got to thinking it might be better just to leave that out, you know, just in case we want to mix it up a little bit right. and kind of do our thing. I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm always trying new things. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you went to Daytona. Any art? Did you see any art in Daytona? Uh, some sculptures uh, out by the fort. Um, the fort? that The fort in uh, St. The- Augustine. It's very cool. Oh, yeah. Is that the San San Marcos? Castillo? Castillo I, I believe Mar- so. I had to take a picture of the name. You know how I am with names yeah. and numbers, but uh, it had a moat around it that was yeah. dry, but I mean, it was very yeah. cool. I think and, I've been to that one. It is really cool. Um, a lot of architecture. I've seen a lot of architecture. Um, yeah. More Did you go, so- to, go to Ripley's? No. Yeah. All those places might be still closed, yeah. Well, I didn't. They, Chris and, uh, and uh, his woman Erica was my tour guide for oh. St. Augustine. She used to live there. I found out there was a Ripley's there. I would have checked checked out, but we were just kind of yeah. It was just kind of a little speed trip there. That was my last day, but we did go to a little a pub. I can't remember the name of it offhand, but I had the most excellent wings ever. Very Ooh. good. I actually had wings every day I was down there. I had, <laughs> really? had wings at Hooters. <laughs> I had w- w- wings on the beach at a bar called the North Turn that's right on the water. And then I had wings at, at this uh, at this pub. That is cool. I'm, I'm getting tied up a little bit. You're, you're talking and I'm listening, I promise. But I don't I'm, believe it. I'm watching the meters. They're mesmerizing on this new recorder. It's like the old recorder never quite ever shut up like the preamps were just always like all the time right and you got these, some new equipment Mike, yeah i got it you're excited about it i know i just <laughs> i uh as i'm watching the meters it's like they completely go away when we're not talking and they're so quiet i did some testing with them too they were pretty impressive i don't know but the I, most impressive art i seen when i was down there was <laughs> was yeah shut up mike was nature's art <laughs> I just, I got to, the beach wasn't very full and I got to stand there in front of the ocean and look out into the vast nothing and it was gorgeous and it was very inspiring and it's, uh, it's recharging. Yeah. That picture you showed me was pretty impressive. You did that with your phone? Yeah. It wasn't the iPhone, was it? Nope. (laughs) You got that little grin on your face. (laughs) That was all Android, baby. That, uh, which all... The, the one I just showed you? Yeah. No, I, I actually, I took that shot, and it's a very cool shot. It is. But then Google, on its own, put the filter on it and said, hey, here's your new stylized oh, shot. Oh, so you didn't have to do anything. You just nope. pointed and clicked. No, Google <laughs> put that filter on, but my shot that I actually set up and yeah. took, it was pretty cool on, on its own. Cool. But it's just, it's more gray. That's all right. I'm just picking. I don't care. I'm just picking. You do care. Did I send you that panoramic shot I did? No. I did a pan, 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 pan whatever I said a minute ago. Pan. Yeah. Aramic. Yeah. Panoramic. <laughs> Panamorphic. <laughs> Panamorphic. Pantopia. <laughs> I did one of those shots while I was on the middle of the beach, and I got the whole thing. It's pretty oh, cool. Oh, it is neat. I'll send it to you. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Pretty interested in that. But that's what was cool. Like, that was the most, you know, sometimes you need to do that, and I, I felt, yeah. I feel recharged. And I saw... Yeah, people's always like, well, why don't, why don't you just fly down? I can take a Legion Air from uh, Cincinnati and and uh, um, be down there in an hour mm-hmm. and it only like $90 or something. Um, but you miss out on a lot of things. You know, I stopped in Savannah, Georgia and went to an Indian dealer and a, a Harley dealer and looked mm-hmm. at some bikes and and uh, I found a lot of... Uh, like some a lot of limited editions, you know, the the art and the thought that goes into that stuff, oh, the execution. Yeah. I saw yeah. some some ones that I'd never seen before, and these are just these are company bikes. These are not even like customized. They're just like some different limited editions. And uh, then I went, I stopped at some pawn shops and looked at some guitars, seen some stuff I hadn't seen. It's just kind of you don't get that when you're flying over at a 
300 miles an hour. You get that when you're driving and you're stopping in places and going through the Virginia mountains and being inspired. And, uh, you know, na nature was really, really, a, um, a, I don't know, a driving factor to, to my rejuvenation on this trip, I have to yeah. say. Yeah, I think, I think getting out in the way is probably a good thing for a lot of us to do right now. It is a long trip, though. Yeah, it is for us. It, it, what is it? Uh, it's, 12, 13 hours? It's 13 and a half hours, what the map says, but Chris can do it in like just under 12, I think, but he drives like a complete fucking moron. So, <laughs> poor Chris, not even here to. He thinks himself. he's he thinks he's a race car driver. Yeah. And he drives angry. <laughs> well, so it, it, ta it takes me, I drive about four hours. I drove, I drove three hours. Yeah, it took me about 12 because I drove three, three and a half, stopped in Savannah again on the way back, and yeah, then nine hours yeah. on the trip back. But and you did a mini concert in your car. I did. For see, people. I, I seen that. I tried to have a little bit of fun with it. <laughs> that was cool. I, I did use the iPhone for that, and the son of a bitch, it took two hours just to get the, be able to get it to my phone so I could upload it because I don't have Facebook on my, my, on my work phone. Yeah. And I was like, man, this, I hate this iPhone. I hate the iPhone like you hate Nickelback. <laughs> I would rather watch Jackson Pollock make a painting while I was listening to Nickelback than have to deal with that fucking iPhone. That's horrible. Horrible. Android works so good. The abomination that you just had for that. Oh, my God. Speaking of Nickelback, since you brought it, since you brought it up, not me, I have to say this. I was watching a... I, I love Anthony Bourdain. You know, I just... Well, He's cool. I, I just love everything. We should have him on the show. Uh, Paul. <laughs> Next. Greg Caesar's ghost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I was uh, I was per <laughs> perusing YouTube like I do, and um, it was quite quite interesting. I, I didn't realize he had done this interview, and um, about two minutes into it, the interviewer asked. He's sitting. He's sitting with his friend. Uh, I can't think of his name. He's the French chef that they always hang out together, or they used to always hang out together. Pepe Le Pew. No. Anyway, um, they asked, you know, what what really made what recently what really made you laugh? And he he was sitting there for a second. He's all oh, this is easy. He goes, uh, Guy Fieri was uh, talking on the social media about what he was going to do. He, you know, he's running down to his restaurant, saying hi to his bros, and he was gathering some buddies. They were all heading over to the Nickelback concert after the, you know, whatever. And uh, Anthony Bourdain just had to laugh about it. You know, he just, of course you do. <laughs> you know, just all that stuff. So he just, uh, I don't know. Guy Fieri, you pronounced his last name right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what I think it, uh, all three listeners finally left. Yeah. Okay, um, I do want to get on to the topic of the show. What is the topic? The topic exactly? of the show is: uh, are, are we seeing an end to classical art? Are we? I mean, you know, the sculptors and artists, the the people who make this type of work, are, are we are we losing something? Even the classical musicians, you know the. The violinists, the cello players, the you know, it doesn't matter as much as it used to to people. Did it ever really matter that much? I think so. When? Well, I think it was entertainment at one time. Well, you're talking way back. It, it hasn't been that for a long time, but you still, I'm still hearing this on when I watch the new Star Wars movies. John Williams is still killing it. He's yeah. got to have live people doing that. Yeah. Um, they just did a a tour. Uh, well, a couple of years ago that uh, some friends went up to see uh, where they played all the music of Zelda and was all classical musicians doing. Yeah, but even at that, they had to bring in like, you know, something else. Do people go listen to, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm having trouble with it, you know, so I. People still go to the but, opera. I mean, it happens. Yeah, but. We just don't have that here. We've never had that here right, right where we're right. at. Right, I, I guess you're right. But I, I did, I did throw out a poll on Twitter. Oh, I did need, you? Yeah, I need to go. Need to go check that out. But keep on with your story because I want to hear more about what you think of this while I look around. I don't think that in our lifetime it's ever been it, classical music's been that that Im, I don't want to say important. It hasn't been that. It's not mainstream. It's not a mainstream thing. So I don't think the world see it. But <laughs> you still hear it in 
like I say, in TV and movies, and they there's paid places that travel and and or places that travel people that travel mm-hmm. to uh, areas and like you know the what is it the um, Palace Theater mm-hmm. and they put on their concerts. They do those things. Metallica did another S and M show. Just what was that? Two years ago, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, classical people. I mean, it's bringing that to the the forefront. I guess. I guess that is true. When was the last time you bought art for your house? Art for my house. Um, whew, that's been. I got to ask you. You didn't. Did you do the poll? Were you on Twitter? Did you? I, I okay, didn't. Okay, it. you didn't. So you will add to this poll. So. Uh, last time I bought art to, for the house. Mm. Been about a year. About a year. Yeah. All right. It's been about. I tend most of the art I have in my house is gifted. I tend to. Yeah. I got a painting that, that Ryan made for me that's mm-hmm. in my basement. I have a painting that um, my friend Tim's ex-wife made that I really liked, and she gave it to me. Because cool. I commented on how much I liked it. It's in yeah. my house. Yeah. Um, last thing I, I bought was uh, a photo. It's like a, just like a scene, like a city yeah. scene. Um, but it's been a while. But I don't have, I don't typically have a lot of stuff hanging yeah. on, on my walls. Yeah. I'm more of a, a minimalist when it comes to that stuff. And usually when I buy stuff like that that I like, I put it away and it doesn't get put up for like two years, and then right. I'll find a spot right, right. for it. I'm kind of funny with that kind of stuff. Well, on the poll, I was, I was, maybe it's just me, but I, I asked when was the last time you purchased art for you your home or office? Well, I'm, I just, I know. I'm, I'm asking the question here. Don't, oh, don't be difficult. <laughs> Not just original art from a gallery, any art, even something uh, from a big box store is what I asked. And 20% said within the last six months, uh, 10% said within a year, 20% said within the last two years, and an overwhelming, this kind of surprised me, 50% said I don't remember. So it, I guess the results don't surprise me that much. I mean, it, it's not like we all have unlimited wall space and we can just go out and buy art all the time. But it it was, it was kind of, uh, maybe I'm trying to skew it a little bit and say that art is dead, but... In the modern age, I think the visual arts are changing how we view it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram, for example, it, that's just a gallery in your pocket. Right. There's there's a shit ton of good art on Instagram, and you can scroll through. You don't you don't actually have to keep it, although you can save it. You know that sort of thing and put it in a a folder somewhere if you like the art, whatever. Screenshot it, print your own picture out of it, and then you don't have to pay the artist <laughs> no, no, or the no. photographer. We do not condone piracy here. Condone piracy here. We don't condone it, but it does happen. It does. So if you're doing it, stop. <laughs> no, but really, I, I I just, I wonder. You know, I bought, uh, I, I remember, uh, I bought a shirt from an artist in the, uh, uh, Las Vegas, I believe he is, Bradford. Oh, right? really? Um, and he's a photographer and a a, a deviant uh, um, artist, and he's got a shirt of a model that, or a, a photo of a model he made that has like a squid in her mouth. It's kind of a cool shot though. It really is. And mm-hmm. he had a big he had a shirt made. It's a little bit long though, and I ordered that to. Uh, to support. I forgot about that, but that was last. Uh, that's cool. That's been in the last year, but that is cool. I don't know. I. But do try, you ever? I mean, how I, much stuff do you? How many sculptures do you buy to to have in your house? It's like if I, I don't really have room for stuff like I don't have a spot like to have that kind of thing. But yeah, even if I did, it would be like one kind of interesting piece, like a garden gnome. <laughs> Could be. I mean, if you're into that, <laughs> if it was handcrafted, it could be cool. Right, right, right. I'm just, I'm, I'm messing. Know. I'm messing. I just, uh, lately I've been feeling a little bit, and I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't talk about any of the civil unrest or COVID or any of these things today. But man, the world has really got me down as an artist. It's, 
I mean, I almost have to tell the muse to shut the hell up because I come in, in here and I just, this is my happy place, you know, and I sit here and I go, I need to make something. Don't feel like it. Why paint it? Nobody's going to buy it. There's nowhere to hang it <laughs> for people to see it. Galleries are still closed, you know, that sort of thing. And at the time of this recording anyway. And um, it really, I think it's getting in my head bad. Well, that gets right back to, we touched on something like this in a past episode. It's like, there's, it's no one's going to buy it and you got nowhere to put it. What's the point? Mm-hmm. The point is because it's what you do right. and you got to do it. And the stuff that's going on, you should be channeling that to right to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I, still I agree. I'm still turning out riffs, and I mean, I have no, I have nowhere to perform them. But <laughs> right. but I just kind of I got to. So. That's that's really one of the one of the reasons I didn't want to cancel the show. I almost canceled today. I almost thought, well, you know, what's the point? You know, we've got we've got the episode coming out next already done, and we've got time to do something else later. Uh, we're we're about a month ahead in our recording, which is great. I like that. Uh, we're in a pinch. We don't need to actually do anything. Um, but I just, you know, at the same time, I thought, hey, we got to do the show, man. We just got to get in here and do it. This is art to me. I enjoy it. The editing process is fun, all that kind of stuff. But I also feel, like I said, I think, I think the traditional arts might have one foot in the grave today. I just I just don't feel like the people care. Any people. When I say the people, I mean the there's still collectors out there. I get that. There's still buyers and all that. But you know, the when I was a younger artist, all of my collectors were over fifty years old. You know, they were just it was the style of art that I do. Um today I'm almost fifty and all my old customers are dead, you know, that right. sort of thing. Not all of them, but most of them. Right. And, or they're just not buying art anymore, that sort of thing. They're retired or they just, you know, mm-hmm. I get it. The younger generation come up, coming up, I just don't know that they want it. I, I get the idea that, you know, that's not their art. It's not what they want to buy. It's not what they're spending money on. And, I don't necessarily want to follow trends, but I want to create art that appeals to the generations, right? And and there's a lot of people younger too that still like my work, and I know it's not affordable for everyone. I get that. It's not the point either. But I can't be the only artist feeling like this. Right. I think there's probably a lot of us who feel like this. Well, the landscapes change for everybody. I mean... We were young enough, we were young enough, we're old enough that we remember getting records and looking at the album covers and all that stuff. And that's kind of a lost thing. And there's a lot of bands that that still appreciate that. They still put that out. They try to bring that visualization. I mean, as you know, that's important to me and any of the bands I'm in. We take a lot of time with going ahead and and doing the stuff for the cover that somebody's going to look at for three seconds and... They're going to rip the CD to their iTunes anyway, and mm. but that's fine. I don't do that. I do that for for me, and I do that for for the art. I do that because I I believe that it deserves the respect, and uh, it deserves it to be the best that I can put into it. So, if you feel like that's how it should be, you got to do that. the The thing is, is the younger generation that's making art that don't appreciate that kind of thing. And then the, the younger people that are buying art and buying music, they don't look for that. It doesn't matter. They just want to get the single off iTunes. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that's fine, I guess, if, if they're happy, but they're just missing out on a whole experience of, of what music could be and what art can be and what uh, classic album covers can be. We can roll off right now. You can just start thinking, you know, Led Zeppelin four. Uh, the Wall, um, uh, Dirty Deeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's just a lot of, you know, jer- all Journey's album covers are just excellent yeah. to look at. Iron Maiden's album uh, Maiden, covers, my like God. Il- illustrations. Those, right. those are just amazing. That's still amazing art to me. Right, and it's, it's, it's bringing it all together. It's making an experience. But 
you, you don't have to have that to, you know, you, to listen to. The, if I'm going to put the weekend on and listen to a song, you don't have to have that. But even them, his last uh, single he put out, he had a whole kind of movie that went with it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of doing, it's almost like a virtual album cover, virtual liner notes, virtual booklet. They're doing it with video and and it's not like a music video it's like a it's like little movies and so there's still there's still artists that want to make it more than just that little thing mm -hmm. but uh, by and large it's just it's changed and it's not going to be it's not going to be like that people don't right. we don't buy uh big band jazz albums like we once <laughs> did right yeah we don't yeah. buy records like we once did even though there is a resurgence yeah. for vinyl i'm not yeah. one of them guys but yeah it, things change and you gotta you either keep doing it and you stay in that niche or you evolve and whatever i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm i'm doing i think that we're also in an area even though we have a lot of artistic friends and we know people that do things uh in in different mediums we're not in a area where we're going to see people buying a lot of sculptures and art in that way. I don't think so. I'd be interested to know what it's like in Chicago or uh, LA or mm -hmm. um, New, York one, City, yeah. New York City, one mm -hmm. of these more culturally advanced kind of uh, culturally heightened really areas. Yeah. yeah. Are they buying or what kind of art are they buying? Are they going to Hobby Lobby and buying a a stick figure and putting that up? Or are they going, are they looking for something a little more? Are they commissioning people to build, to come and, and sculpt their uh, banisters? You know, True. I don't know what, what's True. going on, but. Yeah, it, it's just difficult. I, I wanted, when I sat down, I knew this was going to be a difficult topic, really, because it's, it's hard to pinpoint. It's hard to say that it really is happening uh, in fact, I would even try to tell people that, you know, there's probably a, a good um, reason why art has changed in, in the world today. You know, we, we've got, let me just look at it as technology for a second. We have so much technology at our fingertips now that we can, you know, you, if you want to go to a museum, you can do it virtually. Right. You don't even have to go anywhere. Um, that doesn't make it right, but you know, I, cause I, I still think people need to actually go to a museum and see art and smell the paint. Yeah. Yeah. Get in there and see love the it. grooves, see the, yeah. see how terrible it looks when you get right up on it. That's <laughs> right. That's the thing people don't get. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's you not, get up on a lot of these and it's just like, Oh my God. And you yeah. step back three feet and it's freaking amazing. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. You're seeing the brushstrokes, you see the dirt, you, you just, you know, you get right. up there. Right. Um, I don't know. I just, I hope we're not doing a disservice to our children in school that we're not getting them to experience things. I mean, oh, I, we are. I, I'm, we're I'm, we're know, doing a terrible disservice to you think? Yeah, we don't push it enough. We don't, the art at all levels and all mediums have to be, um, people, people naturally like, beautiful things, whatever they consider beautiful, mm -hmm. whether it's a dead... Or, or if it moves them. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's a dead tree or whether it's a blooming flower, mm -hmm. it, it, it speaks to them. But by and large, until you're exposed to many different levels and mediums and types and things that may or may not be art, you don't know what you like or what, what you don't like. Sometimes you know that that the texture of, of this piece of wood is is beautiful or or it you like that or you don't like that but but to look at different paintings look at different styles like well I I do like Jackson Pollock or mm -hmm. I I don't like Rembrandt right you, right you can see this is the difference this is what they did this is what well I like this style I like postmodern era surrealism or whatever right right um I I think that it's it's a parent's job, yes, to kind of expose children to different things like that. But it's also, it, it's not the same. And this needs to be taught in a formal thing. And it's it's as important as 
anything else that we do. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with you, and I'm sure anybody that's taking the time to listen to us ramble on about it are already on board. If we don't, if we're not able to to take 30 minutes twice a week in a class at least to teach kids about art and different things, different ways of doing stuff, then what are we doing? I mean, yeah, yeah. I what, what's yeah. all the science yeah. and the math and the and the the history for if you can't enjoy it? And art is a big part of enjoying life. And and you don't know who the next the next inspiring person is going to be, whether they're professional artists or not. You think a lot of the people that we that we admire, um, you know, activists or you know, uh, our leaders or even actors and musicians, they all do other things. They're inspired. There's a uh, a lot of musicians that we love that are are painters, sculptors, mm-hmm. uh, writers. There's a lot of uh, writers that we love that are that play music and they have an appreciation of this stuff and that's what makes them artists not the fact that they just are known for one simple thing and I think that one kind of pushes the other along and if if we're not there to if we're not there to guide these young minds what are they missing out on what are they mm-hmm. they're not going to be all they can be without having this knowledge. So I don't know. I, 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 I've mentioned it before. There's stuff that I learned in junior high music class that I use, that I think about today, about breaking songs down and metaphors, mm-hmm. stuff that was next level. So I wasn't even a musician then. Right. I wasn't going to be a musician. For I had no intention of that. Right. When I became a musician, I remembered some of the stuff and it made sense, you know, how, how they used, you know, uh, different calls, in, in the first part of this song that that they called back to later on and and uh, you know how he said this but could he be meaning this right. I mean it's cool it's it's interesting and um, that helped that was help shaping me to in a path that I wasn't even didn't even realize I was going to be on until six years later so I I need to add too it doesn't need to be a dry subject you know no. Um, it don't need to be Ben Stein reading a book. Right. And then right. Raphael Absolutely. created this. <laughs> right. Or one of the other Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Donatello or Leonardo, Michelangelo. Oh, God. <laughs> you got me going now. Anyway. Donatello yeah, had the staff. It, 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 uh, yeah, and they were, uh, a lot of the artists led fascinating lives. In fact, it's a good segue to what we're doing Right now, I got to ask you: Do you ever procrastinate? This is this goes into my story here on the next thing. Do you ever procrastinate on your art? All the time. What do you mean? I mean, like really long. Did you know that the next artist I'm getting ready to talk about has he procrastinated, known to procrastinate for up to a year? Yeah, I've been working on this acoustic record for three years, and but but you're putting it off, like procrastinating it because you just don't want to do anything, or you? I just. There's sometimes, at least for me and in music, that I can sit down and be like, all right, it's like do the mic war. I, I got I got X amount of time before I got to go and do my normal duties. Mm-hmm. I got to make art. So mm-hmm. you can sit down there with a pen and decide you're going you're gonna to do some pen art and sketch Batman and it'd be badass and you're ready to rock. You know? And you've, done, you've accomplished, you've made something that was not there. I can, if I sat down, I'm like, okay, I'm going to see... Let's see if I'm not really into it. Let's see if what comes out I can do that. But if I'm purposely trying to I'm trying to create something. I'm trying to finish this. I'm trying to I gotta finish this song. Man, I can't do it. If the vibe's not right, I cannot do it. So I just yeah. I put it off. I ain't got time to do that until I'm in the perfect headspace. And it's been very slow. Hmm. Well, this next artist, he was known to be very fast. Uh in fact when I was Doing the intro, when I kept saying one did this and one did that, it's actually all the same guy, believe it or not. Oh, look at that. You flipped a script on me. I did. I did. Um, this this particular artist, he's a... I don't want to give away his name. I want to tell a little story here. He's an English painter and sculptor. Oh, I know who it is already then. Do you? No. Take okay. a guess. Uh, he's English? He's English, yes. English Bob. <laughs> no, oh. no. Uh, he was well known for his painting as 
paintings of animals, particularly horses and dogs. Uh, I I particularly like his dog uh, paintings. They're they're fantastic. Makes me want to actually do a painting of my dog. Dogs playing poker. That's one of my favorite paintings. <laughs> yeah, it was not him. <laughs> <laughs> he was something of a prodigy, and uh, he actually got into the Royal Academy at the age of thirteen. Really? Yeah. So anybody listening wanting to do the research, thinking they can hurry up and get the answer. He, uh, in 1815, he was he was uh, introduced to the Royal Academy. Uh, he became an academician five years later in 1831, which is a, a pretty big deal. Uh, he was commissioned to paint a portrait of Georgiana Russell, Duchess of Bedford. Uh, despite her being 20 years older than he was, he began an affair with her. Boy, this painting thing. Yeah. This painting yeah. photography. Right. It's a way to get laid, I tell you. It's like, <laughs> I, it's better than being a damn musician. Well, beat the band. He was he was knighted in 1850. You know, can you believe that? Knighted. That's one badass brush he's got right there. Apparently. Um, Is that a metaphor? <laughs> right. Uh, but he had, he had, uh, he was, he became troubled later in life. Uh, melancholy, hypochondria, depression. Um, often aggravated by alcohol and drug use. That's not common for artists. Um, can you, can you guess who I'm talking about yet? Yeah, Sir Paul McCartney. You're, you got the sir part right. Because <laughs> he was knighted, but he also did sculpture. Let me let me add something here. This is what's really interesting to me. He he also did sculpture, and Nelson's column in Trafalgar Square. There are four lions, those famous lions that are all yeah sitting there. So he probably, sculpted those he, actual ones. He sculpted those actual ones. Huh, that's cool. Uh, pretty pretty interesting. And there is a dog that bears his name. Uh, kind of looks like the Newfoundland dog. It's black and white, uh, all that. But it's uh, also known as the Landseer dog because the man I'm talking about, the artist, the painter, the sculptor, the awesome painter that he was, Sir Edwin Henry Landseer. Landseer. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I found, I started looking for somebody that, uh, you know, would fit the show and that's often hard to do. Because you don't really kind of know where the show is going to go, and well, I never uh, know. So. The <laughs> uh, I just I was really uh, perplexed by this man, actually. And every every time I do research like this, I learn something new. I hope people listening learn something new, also. And actually, got to look at this stuff. Some of his paintings, um, most of them are obviously animals, but. Uh, one really jumped out at me that I didn't realize he painted. I know this painting. I've seen it. Uh, I don't You've know. Seen I, the actual. I don't know that I've actually seen the actual one physically, but I've seen it in books or gotcha. something. Uh, it's called The Monkey Who Had Seen the World, painted in 1827. This guy with this, this Englishman with a big red coat, kind of looking at a monkey perched on a rock. It's hmm. interesting looking. Uh, a favorite greyhound of Prince Albert was painting a, a, a painted in 1841. Was he in a can? <laughs> no, he was not in a can. <laughs> Morocco. <laughs> I'm on fire today, bud. You are. Anyway, Falcon 1837. The Falcon one's really good. What strikes me as interesting is his paintings are very true to life in color and form. Um, they're not. Uh, they're not impressionistic in uh -huh. any way, uh, but they're very artistically done, if it makes any sense. You got to pull it up? I do. I'm going to see one. Yeah, scoot over here and look. Um, some of these, like this, this oh, that's great. Doubtful Crumbs is really good, 1858. Mm -hmm. There's a little puppy looking at crumbs and a bigger St. Bernard looking at it. Too, yeah, the Wild Cattle of uh, Chillingham, 1867. Falcon's badass. Yeah, it is. But notice the red. There's a there's a touch of red yeah, in so yeah. many. There's the painting of the uh, the uh, the yeah, monkey you see in the world. <laughs> it looks like yeah. I'm gonna bring that one up so we can look at it up close. See the guys, it's actually a monkey. It's not a man. Oh, that's pretty well. Yeah, but you can see it's very painterly in yeah. in the in the parts that you know you wouldn't think about. I so like um, yeah yeah, it's uh, saved. <laughs> saved is a really good one. Uh, there's a Newfoundland, I see it, Lancier style uh, type of a breed, uh, hovering over a child. If I remember reading right, the uh, when these dogs were brought back, they were credited with 
saving the lives of 20 people who drowned. Huh. Uh, I guess I guess that breed of dog is very protective in terms of helping, you know, and that sort of thing, which is kind of cool. Um, don't quote me Sounds on that. Sounds like a new uh, premise for Baywatch on Animal Planet. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Oh, wow. I just had visions of puppies running all over the... Oh, yeah, puppies. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. We're not going to go there. <laughs> wow. I got so many things running through my head right now, I can't say. Oh, man. So what's the deal with this guy? You said he was... So one of these he took forever to do, and one of them he painted real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was said, let me, let me go down here... Um, Let's see. The, oh, the the extremely quick thing. I do need to add that he was he was known for painting extremely quick. They said he could use both hands at the same time. Can you do that? I can't. Have you tried it? I, I no, but I've well, seen. People, how do you know you can't? Because I've not tried it. I can't do it. I can't do it until I try it. Right. All right. And even after I try it, that doesn't mean I'm going to. I'll probably have failure. I spend too much money on my materials and all that to even sit around and experiment with shit like that. I know because I know it's going to look stupid. I can't write my name with my left hand very well. It looks like I was seven. Maybe you got an innate talent you didn't know you had. I, so you try it. No, I'm maybe pretty, you're, maybe pretty you're sure like I don't. Anyway, the X-Men. they said we, like when he was painting a horse, he could paint the head and the tail at the same time and it would look good. You know, that sort How of thing. How the hell is that? Ha- um, I, I wish this guy was alive. I'd like to see this happen. He should be on TV doing right, that right now. Right. Over it basically in the in what I'm reading here over certain commissions he procrastinated. It's really all that they have. There's no examples of it. It's like I can't really say they did, but you know every I think every artist in history procrastinated <laughs> at one point. Because sometimes we just you just don't feel it, man. You right. can't you can't do it, and it's hard to manufacture inspiration. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Everybody, everybody brings up Chuck Close, and I fucking hate that. It's like, well, a professional gets there and does it. He just does it, man. Right? I get that. Okay, you get in there, you put shit on, but it still looks like shit. I guess if you're painting shit, and it doesn't matter, right? Uh, you got me on a tangent. I'm on a soapbox. Anyway, it's different though, too. If you're doing, I. I Ad work, or you're doing something. Somebody gives you an idea, and you're doing something, and you're working it out. It doesn't necessarily have to speak to you. So, I don't think the. I'll say it like this: If you're doing emotionless work, go for it. You right. don't need to have inspiration. But if you're trying to do something, if I'm not tooting my own horn here at all when I say this, but if you're if you if you get into the studio and you want to create something that you feel is a lasting legacy. And you want to create one of your masterpieces, not knowing if it's ever going to be a masterpiece or that anybody's going to care about it in 200 years. You need to approach it as if it is. And sometimes that pressure, that pressure alone is enough to shut my muse up. Right. And not trying to be angry when I'm talking because I don't want to, don't want to sound angry. Well, I know there's people like since that. Since when? You're an angry guy. <laughs> Let it out. I'm not. I got to quit being... You know, I got mad at my dog yesterday. Jesus. You need to calm down. I do. I love that dog. I've only I've only gotten mad at him one time. Twice now, right? Or was that the one time? That was the one time. Uh. I mean, he, he could take a dump on the floor and I wouldn't be this mad. I don't know why I was that mad yesterday. I was I was in the studio trying to get some stuff done, preparing for this show. Lisa, my wife, she comes in. Will you go take care of Loki? He's outside doing his business. I ain't got time to wait on him. He won't come to me right away. So, all right. So I go out and I make a sandwich because I needed to take a break anyway. I've been here all day and didn't didn't eat. And it, it was it was about, not to mention he's the size of an adolescent child. So let's just throw that out there. Yeah, he's out running around. I mean, we live we live next to a busy highway. So that was my biggest concern is he got out by the road. And he would he would do some damage to a car if he got hit, and it would really upset me, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it really would. Right. <laughs> so, I'm I'm perplexed. I'm like, I, I look out the backyard. We have about an acre and a half of of clearing that he can run around, and we have seven acres total. With we're we're up against nine thousand acres of state land, all forest. So if I lose him, I lose him, right? 
And I'm looking around thinking, oh, crap, where is he, you know, and can't find him. Yelling for him. My, my. Every time I yell for him, you can hear me echoing off the hills around all of southern Ohio, right? I'm starting to get pissed because I got to get back in the studio. I, I was working on something. I really only went out to get him. That's all I went out to do. Nowhere to be found. Since Memorial Day, the cemetery, the 15-acre cemetery right next to my house has been very popular. Visitors in there every day, multiple visitors. It's a happening place. The last place you want to see a 150-pound Great Dane roaming around freely without an owner, right? So I got in a car, which I don't like putting my dog in my car. I just don't. He sheds. Anybody who has a Dane knows that they shed these little bitty needle-like fur pieces. I don't know what to say, <laughs> but, but they get into the carpet and you can't get them out. I mean, it's like, right? And lately I've been getting irritated with the car because I keep getting little dents on them, little scratches on it. You know, it's like pe people just don't care, nah. right? And... I've wanted an Audi for a long time. Not not an Alti, but an Audi. Just want to make that clear because I know your brain's going places. And I thought, well, if I find him, I'll just leave the car in the cemetery and walk him back through the woods over to the house. That sounds like a sound plan. Yeah. I get over there and I'm like, I, I can't can't hold on to him, turn the car off. You found him? Uh, yeah, he was, he was in the cemetery sniffing flowers and, and just... <laughs> Frolicking, <laughs> enjoying himself while people ran scared. Into he, the wouldn't cars. he wouldn't just follow you? Oh, no. Well, I didn't want him to follow me because then we got by the highway. So I, I can't drive the car through the woods to get over here. So I had to get back out on the highway. So I think he knows I'm mad at this point. I go ahead and let him get in the car. And for folks who don't know my dog, Loki, he holds a lot of saliva in his lips. And when he gets nervous, more saliva comes out and he loses more hair. So I had a bunch of fur and spit all over the back of my car. And I was, I saw it. <laughs> As I'm driving out, this guy that looked, I'm trying to be really nice here. I don't think he was in there looking at anybody's grave. I think he was just one of those looky-loos who just had to pull in and see what was going on. He knew I was in a hurry. He could see it in my eyes. He gets in front of me in a quick rush to slow down. And we're driving out of there like less than three miles an hour. Literally. I'm thinking, dude, what? Really? What are we doing here? So we're we're getting out. We're coming up. We get up to the the uh, the exit and entrance of this cemetery onto the four-lane highway. And, of course, my lane is 60 feet south of this uh, entrance, which means I had to pull out into traffic at least three lanes because the middle lane, it's, it's a five-lane area. For I'm, I'm making this so everybody can right. understand. So the middle lane is a turn lane. The two southbound lanes run to the left of where I was turning, and the two northbound lanes run straight up at me. This guy pulls out. And there's nobody in the right lanes at all coming my way. So I took off in the right lanes going the wrong way. Right. He tries to cut me off like I was doing something illegal and he wanted to be the police that did it. He gets almost to my driveway and points at me. I'm like, dude, you're going to get hit by the cars coming around that corner here in just a minute. And I start going into my lane. Well, now I'm angry anyway at the dog. This guy pulls into my driveway. Oh, the, yeah. oh wow. Says, what are you trying to do, you motherfucker? I'm like, I'm going home, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, really? Oh, do you live here? Yeah. That's why I went over to the cemetery to pick up my dog. He got loose. Oh, I see. I thought you were stealing the dog. That's why I was driving slow. I was getting your uh, uh, information off your car. <laughs> really? <laughs> so then seconds later, uh, uh, you just, great big 18 wheeler coming down the highway, 
smoke coming out of his stacks, just blaring his horn at this guy sitting in the oh, wrong way. Wow. I was like, dude, you're going to get hit. Oh, shoot. I better move. He moves. He moves into traffic. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting mad anyway. And I come shooting down our lane. It's about 200 feet, maybe gravel. I get up to about 80 miles an hour hitting the garage. <laughs> the wife comes out, thinks, oh, he's mad. You know, I get the dog out. The dog, dog at this point, I think is scared of me because he knows I'm getting angry. I grab him by his choker collar and I drag him into the house. I get mad. I yell at him, tell him to lay down. He wouldn't listen to me. I, I threw the little remote that we used to control him basically with his collar. And I was just mad. I come in here, sat back down. I can't believe I'm giving all this airtime to this, but I, I sat back down. It's real life, man. It is, it is. I sat back down. I was done. There was no art to be made. Right. I was not making shit because the muse had done, ran off, and the dog got under my skin, and then I felt bad. I was like, you dumb fucker. <laughs> yeah. That dog loves you every time. Doesn't matter what the hell you're doing. He always shows up and... Right. You know, and I got to thinking about it. So maybe that's why I found this uh, Edwin Lance here. It's because he was a, a painter of dogs and things. And he just, I don't know, struck a, struck a chord maybe. So after I wrote my blog post about it, which I did write the blog post. So you can, for anybody listening, you can go to my blog post and uh, see a picture of Loki there on the blog. And I kind of explain a little bit what's going on. Not this, not in this much detail, clearly, but um we went out and had quality time. We had a couple pieces of cheese together. I drank a beer. He had more cheese. <laughs> he likes cheese. Does he, he like, does he like beer? He does not like beer. It's the weirdest thing. His brother Thor loved it. Right. I could put Thor out on just, I could, I, I couldn't give him a lot because he would drink it. So I would give him just a taste of it and it was like, you know, but hmm. nonetheless, it did ruin my creative streak that I was having all day yesterday and, um, it was not his fault. He was just experimenting. Wanted to see what was going on over there. Saw people. Living his best life. You're living his best life, right? He probably followed a butterfly over there. Didn't even realize he was over there, probably confused. No, no. I just worry that he might have taken a dump somewhere and somebody's going to get mad. And next thing you know, I get a visit from somebody. Somebody's over there to mourn their loved one. Yeah. Yeah. When he takes a dump, you know it. I mean, it's it's a dump. It's it's nasty. <laughs> He's a big so, fella. Yeah. So, yeah, go out and look at uh, Sir Edwin Lancier if you're listening. I think uh, I think we're just about ready to wrap this up. So, I will say it is last call. I, I think I would kind of like to keep doing this last call thing if it's cool with you. Yeah. Um, it's the second one of the show where I fire off some rapid fire questions. Rapid fire lightning round. All right. My questions. Let's hear it. These are all for Paul. If you couldn't be a musician, what would you... Or would you still do something creative with your time, and what would it be? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think uh, if it wasn't music, I don't. I'm I'm terrible at drawing, but always wanted to. Really? To, to I always liked that growing up. I just don't have the, just don't. I can't draw a straight line. I can't draw a circle. I can't. I'm just not. So, at the end of that, it doesn't matter. Everybody can I, learn. I probably would have. Uh, I was interested in, in acting and in the theater a bit when oh, I was younger, really? so I might have might have gotten into that if it was a little easier to get in and out. I yeah. would probably do that here. I talked about doing like summer stock and stuff at one point. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, but I just find that to be a really kind of creative. Awesome. If you could ask me anything, what would you ask? If I could ask you anything. Um. Hmm. <laughs> Last call, folks. That's a, that's a good question. It's supposed to be rapid fire. Hurry up. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> what? I'm going to chug this beer. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> not really. I'm not. I'm not chugging. Uh, well, you know, here, if I could ask you anything, I yeah. will, and I'll ask you. Well, with you being a creative guy and you're into a lot of different things, how come you don't try to make your own beer? I have. I have made my own beer. But... How come we're not drinking it? Because it tastes like shit. Well, <laughs> I would rather... You made one and it sucked and you just give up? <laughs> right. No, it's actually quite expensive 
to do that. It, it doesn't it doesn't pan out well. You end up buying so many of the ingredients, and you're not buying bulk like the breweries do. So you're buying it at a retail price mainly. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're done with it, and all the time involved with it, it's just I don't see it being worth it, and the quality is not as good because I don't do it enough. I think if you did a lot, you would you would do all right. My brother yeah. bought a whole bunch of uh, beer making supplies and we we did it together a couple times he ended up selling his too he actually uh, had a hop farm oh, so wow. yeah so he he sold hops and stuff like that too but yeah just the way you get into different things it is just kind of surprising that it's not something that you yeah that you're yeah. always concocting or experimenting or something yeah i'm very interested in it still i i would like to buy a still and make whiskey make moonshine yeah but i'm going to do it as a hobbyist I won't sell anything. <laughs> so I won't even give it away. I'll just, like, if you come to my house, I'll say, here, you won't go blind from this. Try it. Or will you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you but but, but you can. You can buy you can buy these little copper stills now for your, like, on your, your oven, your mm-hmm. range in your house. They make, like, a gallon of, of whiskey. I'd like to do that. You know, buy some uh, miniature barrels and... Yeah. Store them in a shed or something. That would be awesome. For like fifteen years and right. get it out and go. Hey, that's good. You know, whatever. I, I just think it's neat. All, All right. right. Given the choice, would you rather live with nomadic people on the plains of Mongolia for three years or never travel outside our county ever again? <sighs> county. I said county. You could never leave our county again. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm traveling with the Mongolians. Yeah, that's what I figured you'd say. That's a hard one. Yeah. I think it'd be fun living with nomadic people. Not for three fucking years. You don't think so? Not for three fucking years. God, I'd learn all kinds of shit. You would, but (laughs) not for three fucking years. (laughs) I would probably make my own beer by the end. I'd have to. (laughs) I think that would be great for a year. Yeah, you really would learn a lot and everything, but I mean, at some point, you just want to be stationary for a while and put some roots down and but yeah, but yeah, I'd I'd make it work. Well, you wouldn't be putting root, you know, you'd be nomadic. So I mean, you'd be seeing all kinds of different planes, right? But sometimes <laughs> you just want to spend a couple months in the same spot. I, for me, when I come up with that question, I was thinking to myself, man, how much fun would it be to just learn their art? Oh yeah, their just their way of life, their oh, self sufficiency. Yeah. I can do that in a year, but by year three, I'm going to be done. That's what I'm saying. Three years long. That's that's the caveat with that question. Well, this, that's what makes that this, question this, I know, but it also goes back to the 10,000 hours rule. You're going to need to give yourself time to be an expert so that when you come back to our little county, <laughs> you could be a Mongolian nomad right here. Yeah. How am I supposed to play electric bass in a rock and or metal band while I'm traveling around the... The who did it? The... I was listening on the way in. <laughs> it's pretty cool, but yeah, not the who, as in the British who, but the H-U. The who, yeah, yeah. That's a badass band. It is. I yeah, like. I was listening to one with the the Jacoby Shaddix, the yeah. singer from Papa yeah. Roach. That's actually a pretty that good is, song. That is a good song. All right, I think that's the end of the show. I got nothing else. Yeah, you got anything good. else? That was good. No, All right. I uh, I got nothing. I'm just happy to be here. It is fun. We're we're hitting an hour, I think. Something like that. I'm, I'm not really going to edit much out of this one. I think it's a pretty good one. I don't know. Hell yeah. Paul, how can people find you on the internet? Facebook.com slash Vexton, V-E-X-T-O-N, and mgflash.com. Awesome. If you would like to be on the show, buy me a drink, sponsor this podcast, or simply drop me an email telling me what I need to do better, send me an email at thestudio at michaelworth.com. That is for the challenged T-H-E-S-T-U-D-I-O at, that's the little symbol above your number two on your keyboard, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-W-A-R-T-H dot com. The dot is a period, people. Use it. I got a people, I, I got a few people. The reason I'm saying this like this is I had, uh-huh. I had a few people get pissed off at me that they kept sending me emails, so they had to go through another way to do it to get me. All they wanted to tell me was, one of the other episodes kind of pissed them off. <laughs> so, are you serious? Yeah, it was kind what of fun. Um, it, the steam, stem versus steam was a, kind of a popular one to fire back. But what I learned 
they kept trying to spell my name W O R T H. So, well, and I clearly say W A R T H. I guess you just pronounce it Wayorth. Like I. No, it's it's War. That's it. Just W A R. <laughs> Warth. Well, that's like my last name's Ramey, but they always want to put E's in there even if I spell it for them. So I just say Remy, and then they spell right. I guess. I guess. Okay. We're cursed with the with the names. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of my name, though. I really am. My, my ancestors were badasses. Wish I was. I'm, I'm just a... I can kill a pizza, though. <laughs> hey. Takes all kinds. <laughs> it does. All right. Share this episode. Subscribe if you are not already. And I'd love for you to give us a review. Once again, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast. I'm really thankful that you shared your time with us. And I hope you become a regular here. Until next time, cheers. Later. Cheers, Paul. See ya. <laughs>